Welcome to Lakeland Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome. How's everyone? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, good, good. Um, you were just singing. He is good, he is good, he is good. Do you believe that? Uh, I, I really think um, we're going to bookend this moment right now, kind of just starting by just reminding our hearts he is good. We're going to end by reminding our hearts he is good. And uh, I think some of you on the next, in the next kind of 25 minutes, half hour, are going to make a, a big kind of mental shift to belief around that. In fact, um, where your faith is going to get activated in the place of God's goodness in your life, getting on board with how he sees it. Um, all right, so I'm just telling you that's where we're going. Okay, so all right, let's, before we go into our series or hop into week one, a couple of really exciting things for those of you uh, joining us online. Maybe you could see in the background as people are walking in, they're walking in with bags and things like that because we're in the middle of Project Share. Uh, if you are walking in today and you're going, what can I do in regards to Project Share or I have I missed it? We've got a couple projects that we are just kind of like chasing now to the finish line. One is these food for families, this local bag that we're filling with all these food. You guys are knocking it out of the park with those. Uh, make sure you can do this digitally. If you're at home, you can fill out a digital bag by kind of following the link, go to our website, all that good stuff, or text the word share to the number somewhere, and, uh, and you can uh, get to all that stuff. Also, we've got the, the, packing, the food packing event. That's with CWI. That's coming on up, and you can register your family or your small group to come to a time slot to pack uh, meals. We're going to be packing 100,000 meals. A lot of people are doing this already in the at-home version. You can do that as well if you don't want to come into the building where they'll actually be able to, you can do this at, at your home. And so make sure to check that out, um, but make sure to participate because these are real simple, practical ways that uh, we can make a difference this Christmas. The other thing that we're doing is last week I talked about how we're really kind of revisioning how to do Christmas this year. Uh, we know that some people are going to respond to a, hey, would you come to, with me to uh, Christmas Eve service? And others may not. And so so we're doing something really different this 2020, where we're doing Christmas at home is the way we're talking about it. And it's really, it's this 12 days of lives where there's going to be like these 10 minute videos where we're going live every night with some fun things, some music, a little devotional for you and your family from anywhere. And here's the deal is that it's not just a digital experience, it's a physical experience. So we call this digital, okay? And, um, and basically what we want though is we want you to have a box to participate with the digital experience where every night you're pulling something out of the box that accompanies kind of the, the experience. And so here's what we've encouraged you to do is we would love for you to invite people to join us on that 12-day online from home experience from anywhere. The beauty is you can invite your family who lives in Arizona or who lives in England or who lives anywhere. They can join in on the same event and have a really significant and special uh, Christmas experience. Your friends from anywhere, your neighbors, your co-workers. And so here's what we encourage encourage you to do is get a box for yourself, but also get a box for them and invite them, give it to them, ship it to them. And so we're going to take a moment right now, right now in our service for you to do this. Because if you're like me, you're like, sounds great. I'll do it. Okay. So everyone pull out your phones or one person on behalf of your family, because guess what we're going to do? We're going to do it right now. 
pull out your phone and scan the QR code. Okay, there's a QR code right here. There's QR codes on the screen. If you're watching uh, at home right now, pull out your phone, one person on behalf of your family, and order your boxes. If you haven't ordered your boxes, I did it earlier this week. It took me about 90 seconds. Okay, so you're gonna, we're going to do this for about two minutes right here in our service. Uh, you're gonna, someone's going to scan it. Decide as a family how many boxes do we want to order. For who are we ordering these boxes for? How many people on our street are we ordering them for? How many people on the soccer team? How many people are at, our, at work? And decide like, oh, let's get this many boxes. $5 a box. We're underwriting half of that cost. And you're going to basically order the box and check out really quickly right there on your phone. Okay? So you got two minutes. I'm not going to say anything. You're just going to be doing this. For all of you at home, if you're sitting there and you're like, I can't come to get a box, here's what I want you to do. Think about who you want to invite digitally. They can assemble a digital box. And so you around your family right now at home, get, knock your heads together and create a list for the next two minutes. Who is it that you're going to invite to join you for Christmas at home, this 12-day experience? And uh, you can assemble a box for them. You can send them the, uh, the, the link so they can assemble a digital box. I'm, I'm making time for you as you're all doing your your work right now in the room, okay? And uh, so go ahead and take another 90 seconds, order your boxes, check out quickly, and then we're going to launch into this week's message. I'll give you like 10 seconds, 10 seconds. All right, at the very least, you at least figured out where you need to go. If you're like, ha, <laughs> some of you are like, just go to the website, scroll down a little bit. There's the Christmas tab and you can uh, order your boxes right there. But make sure to do that. If you started the process, finish it after the service. Um, if you didn't finish right now, um, but make sure to get those 
uh, boxes ordered because I think next week you're going to be picking them up. And, um, and, and so we need to get those all ordered and registered and uh, all that good stuff. All right, let's dive in. So today we, we launch into this series called A Very Merry, Happy, Sappy, or A Very Merry, Holly, Jolly, Happy, Sappy Christmas. And if you're sitting there going, that is a really overly joyous, uh, like, title, you're right. And if you were to say, Josh, I think you're like, your Christmas spirit is a little over the top, you're right. But here's what, here's the deal. I was actually, you know, I was, I was praying and processing about, like, what this Christmas series was going to be about. This is what, the, the joy of being a pastor is that, are you aware that Christmas comes around every year and the passage is always the same? <laughs> That's right. And, you know, I'm just so looking forward to, you know, 20 years from now being like, and we're back. But here's what I do is I kind of just, I, I dive into scripture and I just kind of put on a new fresh set of lenses. And I say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And like, what do, what do you, you know, what needs to hop off kind of off the pages this year as I read the passage? And here's what I saw. Every t- as I was reading it, I kept seeing this. Great joy, God's goodness, favor all throughout the whole passage. And it was just like, it was like the goodness of God is all over this story. And as we approach Christmas, the the reality is the goodness of God, I believe in this moment of Christ's arrival is, is all over the people, it's all over the circumstances, it's all over the story, and it's all over us as well even 2,000 years later. This story still has that type of impact upon us. And so at, at this time of year where, yes, everyone's singing these songs, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And everyone's talking about joy and cheer and hope and all that good stuff. The, the, the reality is there's some of you, though, who are going, you know what, 2020 is just not the same as in the past. And so while people might be singing about hope or talking about hope or, or, or it's the most wonderful, wonderful time of the year. I'm not feeling it. Like maybe that's your story. Maybe you're like, this is just not the same and doesn't feel the same as, or I don't have the same amount of joy as I did in the past. Maybe Thanksgiving for you even kind of was a precursor of what you're heading into this season. And it just doesn't feel the same. If you're like my family, it was just our family at home, not with extended family, not with everyone else. And it was just different. It's not the same. It wasn't as joyful as in the past. And so let me ask you, the the big question kind of for the day is this, have you ever wondered if God is good, when is it coming? If God is good, where is it? Or how is God good in the waiting? And how do I discover him in the waiting? Remember when you used to open gifts as a child? I know there's some kids in the room, there's some kids watching at home, and you're like, yeah, it happens every year for me. Uh, But remember when you were like a a young kid? I don't know what your family experience was growing up for for Christmas, but here's how mine was. Right after Thanksgiving, we'd go usually the following day downtown Chicago, and we'd do a whole bunch of Christmas shopping and for one another. And then what that means is we'd come home and we would start wrapping gifts, and gifts would start landing under the Christmas tree literally the day after Thanksgiving. And as a young child, it was like a whole month of staring at these gifts that are just taunting you. Yeah, anyone else? Was this like anyone else's experience? This was mine where it's like for a whole month, I'd see my name on a gift and it's just like it was taunting me going, oh man, I can't wait to open that gift. I can't wait to like bust in that gift. And for a whole month, I'm just like, it'll be good. It'll be sweet. But it's so, it's just like, will Christmas ever get here? And you know it will. But it seemed like it was so far away, and you're just wondering, when will it get here? And maybe it feels like the goodness of God is a little bit like that. Almost like um, 
wondering, it's feeling like it's taunting you. It's out there somewhere. It's in the distant future. But when will it get here? When am I going to see it? Today, what I want to do is I want to look at a family who experienced the goodness of God. But it probably came at a, in a time frame that I can promise you um, just didn't seem right to them. It seemed like it was taking forever. And the family we're looking at, and the guys, is John the Baptist's family. And more specifically, his parents and kind of his arrival and how that all came about. Now, before Jesus' arrival was John the Baptist's arrival. Um, because John actually is this guy who's known as kind of a forerunner before Christ. He's literally the one who's going to uh, prepare the way for the Lord. He also happens to be a relative of Jesus because it tells us that Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, were relatives. Some uh, Bible translations might say cousins, but that's actually not entirely accurate. It's best uh, translated as just relatives. So we don't know exactly how they're related, but we know that they're related in some, uh, in some form or fashion. So let's dive into the story. That's really a story of goodness, and it's a story of favor, but it's kind of in a long time waiting. So Luke chapter 1, chapter uh, uh, 1, verse 5 through 7. This is when it takes place and what happens. It's in the time of Herod, the king of Judea. There was a priest named Zechariah. This is the father of John the Baptist, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Now, here's what you need to know. In that day and age, having... Um, <laughs> Lots of kids was a way of people just kind of assuming that you had the favor of God upon you. Like having kids was equated to God's favor. And I think Lisa and I were kind of born in the wrong century because I have never ever heard someone see our nine kids and us walking into a, a store or anything and ever has anyone said, you are highly favored. <laughs> never! Can you believe that? But they usually go, you're crazy. Like that. But in that day and age, people would have been like, you are so favored. And so here's the deal. This, this passage tells us they were righteous. They were both blameless, but they were without kids, which probably didn't add up in most people's minds, in their culture and in their own minds. They probably would have been thinking like, listen, if we've been living blamelessly, we've been living righteously, we've been living correctly in our lives, and we love you, God, and yet where's the favor? In fact, everyone would have been like, I bet they've got a secret sin. <laughs> That's probably what people were thinking. Like there's something up with them that we don't know is happening behind the scenes. Uh, because clearly, uh, if they had God's favor, they would have a kid. So then let's continue on. Verse 8. This is what it says. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So that's basically like a lottery system. He gets called in and he's going to be doing the, the duty that day. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing in the, on the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He'll be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Now, 
Is there more? Am I still in the middle? Oh, yeah. He's never, I am still in the middle. Let's go back. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord. You know how we refer to John as a forerunner before Jesus? Those, he will go before the Lord. This is the, that idea. In the spirit and the power of Elijah, which, by the way, when he says this, it's like he's dropping a mic moment. Because when, the, when Jews would think about like Old Testament prophets, they're thinking about Elijah, Elisha. These are like the greats. And he's like, he's going to go in the power of Elijah. John would probably been like, oh my word, this is amazing. To turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Okay, so now in these statements, I think I'm done there. Yeah, this is quite a declaration over him. Many are going to reject rejoice because of him. He's going to bring back many to the Lord. He's going to go in the power of Elijah. These are these massive, huge statements that he's, that he's kind of making here. But Zechariah, he's going to kind of call out the elephant in the room, or maybe it's the, the problem to the plan. He's like, I hear what you're saying, but there's a problem to this plan. And so notice what he says here in the next verse. Verse 18, he says, Zechariah asked the angel, how can, this, how can I be sure of this as I am old. <laughs> and my wife is well along in years. I, I love this because even 2,000 years ago, men had figured out how to talk w- nicely about their wives. He's like, I'm old and my wife, she's old. Let's call her well along in years. <laughs> the angel of the Lord said to him, listen, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. I love how how Gabriel responds here. It's like he doesn't even acknowledge what what Zechariah just said, like that you're old. He's like, let let me tell you where I just came from. I, I just came from standing in the presence of God. God, the one who created the universe, the heavens and the earth. You want to talk about your little hurdle about being old? Your wife being well along, that was nice, by the way. <laughs> it's not an issue. To, to God. I, I just came from the one who is able. I just came from the one who is the, the, the one who produces good gifts and brings good things. The one who is good. The one who is able. And if God says this is happening, you had better change your perspective. We don't even need to acknowledge your perspective. Just get on board with God's perspective. And that's where he's, he's, he just starts to talk to that. I wonder how many of us, God has actually something good for you, but you can't Help, but focus on your problem. Just like Zechariah, he's just focused on the fact that he's, that he's old. You're focused on your hurdle. And if Gabriel were standing before you as he stood before Zechariah, he would say the same thing. Hey, l- listen, I just came from the presence of God, the one who is good, the one who is able, and I think it's time that you get on board with his perspective. See, the plans of the goodness of God, the promises of God overrule any problem you're facing. So here's a simple question. Do you see your problem as bigger than the promises of God? Do you see your problem as overruling, more powerful than the promises of God, the declarations of God, the goodness of God upon your life? See, while Zechariah feels like the news is arriving just way too late, the reality is the truth of God's goodness is right on time. It's kind of like Gandalf. Remember from the Lord of the Rings, when he says to Frodo Baggins, he goes, listen, a wizard is never late, nor is he early, but he arrives precisely when he, want, when he means to. 
In many ways, this is God's goodness. God's goodness is probably not going to be early and it's not going to be late, but it will be precisely when he means to bring it to you. It will be right there. And in the story, uh, the right time, this is the right time for a couple reasons, actually. If you think about this whole deal, okay, so Zechariah and Elizabeth, if they had, uh, if they had John at like a normal childbearing years, when they were young, guess what would have happened? He would have been born, and his birth would not have stood out to anyone in society or in their culture. They've been like, oh yeah, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they're having kids. Why wouldn't they have kids? That's what everyone does. They're righteous. They're blameless. God is blessing them. But here's the deal is that if, they, if it would have happened in that, in that way, John's life and their lives would not have been standout. In fact, they become so spectacular that people see them as special. And they see John as one to watch for his entire life. His life becomes marked by this moment because of the timing. The other thing is, if you think about it, John's entire life, his entire life purpose is to be a forerunner for Christ, right? He's to prepare the way of the Lord. Had he been born 30 years earlier, he would be born not at the right time to prepare the way of the Lord. It's like he literally has to come right before Christ so that he can do what is necessary to prepare what God's great plan is. Is it possible that while you're sitting there going, God, when, God, when, God, why is this taking so long? That he's sitting there going, I, I got goodness coming to you. It's just going to come in the perfect timing because if it came too early, it wouldn't fulfill all my great promises and plans that I've got that are actually connected to another person. Like, like for us, we only think about life through, through our own lens, our own life. It's all about me, right? And yet, is it possible that God's got this, like, uh, perhaps a plan? Is it possible God might know what he's doing, that he's got a plan? He's like, actually, if I delay this thing for 30 years, his life will be so profound. What I'm bringing to you will be so profound because it's connected to a bigger story. And so this is why I look at it, I'm like, it's at the right time. It's, it's not early, it's not late, it's just right when God means to bring it. So let's just check out what happens next. Verse 20. But now you'll be silent and you won't be able to speak until the day that this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true and they're at their appointed time. So Zechariah doubted. He's like, I, I'm too old. It's not going to happen. He didn't have faith. And so he goes, listen, because you don't have faith, literally his mouth is going to be closed. He won't be able to talk for the next nine months. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why is he stayed in there so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak, speak to them. So they realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remaining unable, remained unable to speak. When his time of service was complete, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. So this is Elizabeth now. In these days, he has shown his wife, his favor. And taken away my disgrace among the people. I love what she sees here. She's, for all, for all these years, she has felt disgrace, but now she sees it for what it is. She goes, God is bringing favor upon me, and, she's ex and he's exchanging my perspective. He's helping me see his perspective, which is favor as opposed to disgrace. If you think about even the, the root of that word, disgrace, think about what that word means. Dis is a lack of or none, no. Grace literally means gift. So she feels like she has no gift. There's no gift for her. 
Where's God's goodness? Where's his gift? Where's his grace in my life? Doesn't seem like there is any. Now, I know it's like Christmas is coming up, and we, at least here in America, we've got this perspective that it's like, if you were to imagine Christmas arriving and there's no gift under the tree for an individual, there's something in our brains that's just like, oh, that's heartbreaking. That's sad, right? Even if you bought yourself your own gift, you know, you know sometimes that happens. People are like, I bought my gift, you don't have to buy me anything. But then Christmas arrives, and you're like, where's my gift? <laughs> and you want, there's something in us that we're like, I just feel like they need something to open up. And here's the deal, is that Elizabeth, I imagine for her, her life might have felt that way. Year after year, month after month, time after time, it's just all going by. And everyone else is experiencing gifts, but I seem to have no gift. Where's the gift in my life? And uh, maybe for her, she's felt like her whole life hasn't experienced God's goodness. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Like, where's God's gift in your life? Where's his grace in your life? Or you're wondering or feeling like you're missing out on it, or will you ever see it again? And my argument is this, is that God's goodness, his gift, actually never left you. It just wasn't ready to open yet. Let me say it again. God's gift never left you. The gift was just not ready to open yet. She says, his favor is upon me, and he's kind of removing any perspective of disgrace or no gift, but it's finally here. Have you ever seen someone like uh, try to plan out uh, an engagement, like a, a proposal? There's, there's a, they've become more and more elaborate in the years, and everyone's trying to capture it on video or picture it. Like a, they've got a photographer hiding in a bush, which is usually a giveaway, folks. If you, I'm just, if you see someone like hiding in a bush off to the side, and they're like, or it's creeper. So, um, but it's like they're they're trying to plan this elaborate thing of you know where they're going to come to the right moment at the right time, and then the guy's going to drop down on one knee and present the ring and ask for the hand in marriage, and and it all gets captured on video, and it's it's, it's it's not that it's uh, not coming. It's good. It's just for a specific time, for a specific place, in a specific way, right? And, and they're holding it for this moment. In many ways, God's gift, God's grace, God's goodness is that way. It's coming, but it's, it's designed to be given in a specific time, at a specific place, in a specific way. And he's planned it. For you in that way. So let's jump ahead now to this birth, okay? Verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. So they're happy too, which is awesome. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah, which was the custom of that day. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. <laughs> it's going to be a fight here. Watch out. And he asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Remember, had they just had a regular child when they were young, 
probably no one would have been talking all throughout the whole hill country about them and about the arrival of John. But because of how this all happened, everyone who heard this wondered about it. And they were all asking the same idea. What then is this child going to be? See, they all now have their eyes on John for his life, for the Lord's hand was with him. See, the birth of John, this majorly delayed good gift from the Lord, causes such uh, wonder and awe in the neighbors that we see the story uh, spreading far into the hill country of God's goodness. And because of the spectacular nature of the birth of John, everyone has their eye on him for his whole life now. What's this good gift that's going to come from this young boy? See, God's grace to you, God's gift to you is right on time for you in your life. And it's interesting. I've had the same conversation. I don't know if you've had any of the conversations like this from, with anybody, but I get them all the time. And it usually goes like this. I was living my life my way, but God's grace met me at just the right time. You ever heard anyone say that? I hear that story all the time. I was talking with a guy right out here last week, and he said, I spent a quarter of my life in prison, but God's grace met me at just the right time. I don't know where in your life you feel like God's grace, God's gift, God's goodness to me. It just seems like it's distant. It feels like it's a ways out there, and I'm telling you, the gift is there. Maybe it's just not ready to open quite yet. But it is coming and it will arrive at just the right time. God's grace, his goodness is on the way. I, I think of it a little bit like this. There's uh, times in, at our house, almost on a daily basis, where dinner time rolls around and our kids come walking on into the kitchen and they'll ask my wife, they'll say, when's dinner? When are we having dinner? And my wife is clearly making it. Ever been there, ladies? <laughs> and, and her response, she's super gracious. She's like, I'm making it. <laughs> Just give me a few minutes as I pull all this together. But it's like it's in process. It's all coming together. And I really, I, so often I think about us in terms of our relationship with God. I think, man, how often does God just like drop his head into, or his, his head like into his hand, if, I don't know, figuratively. And he's like, oh my Lord, children, children, children. <laughs> when we're sitting there going, God, when is your goodness coming? When is your goodness and your grace going to land on my life? God, is it dinner time yet? And he's like, I'm making it. Just give me a few minutes as I pull it together for your life. I'm in process. And I'm soon I'm going to call y'all to the table. And I got something good for you. But it's coming together just as I pull it all together. You might feel like God's grace has passed you by. His goodness has left you. But God hears your prayers. I love that in, in the passage we hear. The angel says, God has heard your prayers. God has heard your prayers, for, folks. And his goodness is on the way in his perfect timing to maximize his glory in your life, his purposes in your life, and his work in your life. I want to just read a verse over you. I'm going to invite you to do this right now. Just put your hand on your heart. I do this anytime where I want just scripture to just be buried deep in my heart. This is Psalm chapter 27, verse 13. It says this. The psalmist says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
That's it. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When he says in the land of the living, what he's saying is while I'm on this planet, in my lifetime, I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. And I think there's some of you who are like, it's so distant, it's so far away, it'll never come to me. I'm telling you, you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in your lifetime, in the land of the living. And some of you, your, your faith right now just has to be activated to say, God, I believe that while 2020 is maybe not being shaped up to be the Christmas I dreamt a year ago or years ago or even months ago, I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to see the goodness of God for him to accomplish his, his purposes in my life. I'm not going to have the perspective of disgrace, of no gift. No gift is ever coming my way. I will have the perspective that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to pray over us. And then the worship team is going to come on out. They're going to end with a song. And I'm going to actually encourage you to just sit right where you're at. And during the song, to just think about and process with the Lord. How has he been with you through your journey? Bringing good things to you in the past because that is a story of how actually he will bring good things into your future. So Heavenly Father, I imagine that there are some who have felt like the grace of God has just left them. Or the gift, the, a good gift that the Lord might have for them is just, it's not on the, I don't know, it's not in the deck this year. And I don't know what 2020, this Christmas is shaping up to be. But I do know that your goodness doesn't seem to come early, but it will not be late. It will be precisely when you want it to come. For Zechariah and Elizabeth, it probably felt really late, but it was not. It was right on time that would make the birth of John spectacular and would set them apart as a family highly blessed, highly favored. Lord, for us in the waiting, we in faith believe we will see the goodness of the Lord in our lives. As we've seen your goodness in the past, we will see your goodness again in the future at just the right time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to the mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.